Hello all, episode six, series five of George and Charlie Off the Bride. Latest episode, there is a lot of cricket chat. It's not dull, I promise, and there's plenty of racing too, with the informed Scott and fellows in the building. This is the Horse Racing Podcast, supported by our pals Fitzdares Bookmakers. From one side of Newmarket, we have George Scott, trainer at Eve Lodge Stables. And from the other is Charlie Fellows, master of Bedford House. I'm Tony Rushmer, the umpire in the middle. As I say, this is a horse racing podcast. Or is it? Because most of the chat between us this summer has been about cricket. The Ashes, and more recently, Scott and Fellows' efforts in the Whites, which I think is probably where we should start. Why on earth? Is George always captain? Should he be? Because he's a complete and utter control freak on every aspect of his life. We had a WhatsApp group that was organised. Willie Jarvis asked George to organise it. George didn't fancy the admin, so he said, I'm away. Right, fine. George didn't fancy the admin, so he said, I'm away. So poor old Ferg got handed the hospital part of organising the (laughs) new market trainers team. And, and people being non-committal, oh, I may be able to do it, I may... It's a real hassle it, organising it. George let him do all of the organising, and then at the last minute stepped in and goes, by the way, I can play and I'm going to be captain. Literally what he said. He I said, set the way, whole thing by up. By the way, I'm captain. I set the whole thing up initially. <laughs> I had to do the initial meetings with Newmarket Cricket Club to organise all the prizes. Meetings? The, yeah, we had meetings to talk about the game. And so I obviously am... What? What do you mean you had meetings? Well, we had to go to meet meet the cricket club. You are bluffing your way. I'm not. I I was the founder of the game. Typical George. Automatically, I captained. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I captained the side. Let's get to it. He captained the side. I captained the side and I opened with fellows who who wouldn't be able to play regulation cricket because he throws it. Does look a slightly suspect. He wasn't allowed to play for the first 11 at Radley because he lost it. There was a couple of photos taken. I've seen it. Of which. One looks awful. The other one, actually, of time of release, doesn't. What's that? Have you got a scar on your bicep? No, it's just how big my guns are. God, look, that that must be from the gym, is it? No, is that just, new? They're just big. No, there's a line. There's a very defined yeah, line. Yeah, it's from it's from it's the gun show. It's what? Like a scar. Wandering off the subject here. Um, matter at hand. So your action is dodgy. At point of release, my arm is pretty straight. Right. I don't think you'd be able to play. Regulation cricket was that action. Not. Anyway, I got him opening the bowling. I got a right old spell out of him. I think he bowled nine of the 35 overs. Anyway. First catch comes up. I'm standing at mid-on. Obviously, it's a good place for me to be, you know, to captain. Run the side. Run the yep. side. First one comes up, spoons it up. I've kind of, I've got underneath it, I've gone, you know, the Aussie style, back of the hands, front of the hands, back of the hands. I've changed it anyway. Boom, come, boom, catch it. No problem. No, hold on, hold on. Again, control freak. The catch is going absolutely straight in the midst of another player. No, no, like, this is not my second catch. Oh, this is about my first second, catch. I'm sorry. setting the story up. Okay, fine. The first catch, anyway, comes <laughs> right to me, straight snuffle it straight away. I think I'm in a right bit of form here. It's Dolly. It was a Dolly, it was and a... no one was going to drop. Which that. is the picture, the one that I've seen. Yeah, the no, no, we're coming on to that. Later on, don't worry. We're coming on to that. Anyway, then the second one goes up. Look, it's between me and the next. It's not between. It is absolutely bang on top of the fielder next door to him. I have about thirty yards to make up. 
elbows him out of the way and takes the catch at the last minute. I mean, it's just I call George's get across there, and I'm I'm above his head, and I take uh, I take I take the catch. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Those pictures are fantastic. I got sent them on our WhatsApp group, and I must admit. It is an unbelievable catch when looked at. In no, I took four catches. I took four out of four catches. Four anyway, catch number three. This guy couldn't get him out, tonks it. Mid, I was fielding deep mid, like deep mid, mid on. I've come forward and I've probably slightly overrun it. Anyway, it's a proper high one. High and quite flat. Anyway, I've, I've literally high and flat. I mean, it literally. So he's hit it like crap. it's not like a rock, it's real high one. It's quite flat and long. Okay, it's, it's flat and long. Anyway, I promise you, Ponting, Ponting would have been happy with it. It was unbelievable. It was fully extended, one fully back, one finger fingertips behind me in front of a pack. You, you were so lucky that your pal was there with camera in hand. I know. It was a good catch. What I will say is it wasn't the best catch taken that day but by our yeah. team. That was another even more unbelievable catch, but it was a good catch. I, I'm going to put the picture on at Bridal Podcast, yeah. our Twitter, because our listeners, all five of them, and my mum and dad, will be amazed when they see that picture. Well, it, it ended up in one of my winner's highlight reels. It was quite, <laughs> it was quite well, Anyway, let's move on. the game. They beat us. They beat, they beat us. us. James Ferguson, Ed Crisford, and Charlie Clover, Tom Clover's brother, all got golden ducks when we needed 10 to win. We were seven down. We had three wickets Crisford to go. got stumped first ball. <laughs> I mean, how did, did he get... charge? No, he no, just no, wasn't he in just, his crease. He just wasn't in his crease, which Best is up. typical. Yeah. Best so, um, anyway, let's move on. Boys, have we enjoyed the ashes before we talk horses? It's been unbelievable, hasn't it's been, it? It's, it's literally been great. Summer. Great. And... You predicted at the beginning that Australia would win, and you were wrong. Maybe not, no, because we are in the no, final. No, because we should have won the third test, no, fourth test. Hang, hang on a we're minute. Win this so, one. for everyone listening, the final day of the Oval Test is unfolding behind us. So, We've been, it potentially okay. could finish 2 all right. or 3-1. If anyone listens to episode 5, you will hear me saying Australia will win three matches. That could still happen Hold at on. the moment. I'm going to change it. For two. Okay, I'm going to change it. We have been the better I team. I think that's the general consensus. We think the best we, cricket. No, we have been the better team. Just the without best team. Without a doubt. So the best, and, and I'm, I mean this in all seriousness, if Australia win 3-1, and they might, they might not, if they win 3-1, are they the better team? Are, we are the most attractive team. I've played the well, best cricket. No, I, I think, I genuinely think, even if they win this test and win 3-1, we have been the better team over the five tests. It's been an amazing series. It's I, been I, an I'm amazing not series. I'm going to argue here and now because we have been yeah. all summer, but this has been the best no, series well, of cricket we've ever followed, hasn't it? We've yeah. all been totally engrossed. The England team are, are a wonderful sight to watch. So well run and, and captained. And McCullum's a big, 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 big racing fan. Huge. Huge. I took McCullum Huge. and Owen Morgan to Banstead Manor a few years Did ago. Did you? And... McCollum is the most laid-back, nicest, easy-going individual. Exactly the guy that sits on every balcony with his feet up, looking just so chill. He's a bit of a player. Whatever yeah. is happening out there, he just looks like he's really he's, him. he's really good friends with an owner of mine. Yeah, he's I a, named he's a, a horse breeder, after him, didn't I? Mm. I had a he's team. a breeder himself yeah. back in mm. New Zealand. Yeah, he's I, totally he absolutely loves his racing. Uh, I had a two-year-old this year called McCullum after him and he's looking like one of being my one of my best heroes we lost him during Royal Ascot but it would have he would be definitely running during the ashes it would have been fantastic because I can as you said we can all get to him in a text message and yeah. um, Stuart Broad 
He's just a le- I, I hate to wow. say this. Broad. I really hate to say this, but there's just a lot of you in Stuart Broad. It always, he always reminds me of you. I don't know why. Maybe because he's, he's chip, oh, chippy as hell. Good looking. Got a hot wife. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and can we also say the, la- the heroes that have really given English cricket, reinvigorated the series, Wood and Wokes. Those Wokes has been fantastic. In. Wood, with his blast of pace, Wokes yeah. has been an incredible wicket-taker. Don't you feel they gave us that injection we needed? Well, I think Wood's introduction changed the series completely. Because um, we shook the Aussies up with absolute, his big time. There's a funny story about that run chase that we had. Woods was just apparently on his knees in the, in the dressing room, just barking like a dog. <laughs> just like as... Apparently he is barking mad. He, he is barking like a dog in the yeah. dressing room and everyone was laughing like he yeah. said it was a big help to everyone. And I think people like that are great for dressing rooms, aren't they? Yeah. They kind of lift the mood. And he's obviously a hell of a nice guy. He's always the one signing pictures and everyone loves him, don't they? Did Woody, you see him? Geordie, you know, isn't did he? You, did you see him in the, with a press conference? When he Stokes played the music. When he put, but, but, no. <laughs> it, it, Stokes is being, uh, Stokes is being interviewed at a press conference and would when to put some music on yeah. on the loudspeaker like uh, was it barbie girl yeah uh, yeah <laughs> talking about um uh talking about bark ken and barbie I, the film is just unbelievable isn't it have you seen it have um, you seen it no the, seen no it. the the the, 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 the how popular it is everyone going to watch it dressed up in in barbie i mean yeah, it, i mean right? it's ryan gosling and um what's that what's that amazing actress called uh, she's um uh margot robbie margot robbie i mean I mean, it's worth a watch, isn't it, for those two? Absolutely. Have you both been? You, no, 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 I'd like to. No. And Oppenheimer. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's Oppenheimer versus Barbie, isn't it? Right. I don't know. Yeah. George, are you, have, you, have you been living with your head in the sand? Maybe. Yeah. Yes, you have. <laughs> Oppenheimer. Oh, is that like, a film? Oppenheimer is a film. Oh, I'm I think you're talking about, about your owner. No, why would I be talking about my owner? Well, you always want to... No. Anyone who's wanting to hear about horse racing has really been right, let's get on sold to short on this podcast episode so far. July hasn't just been about cricket, although you might think it has. George, in terms of uh, your string and Eve Lodge, the second half of the month... Wow, it's just been magnificent for Eve Lodge, hasn't it? Yeah, no, it, it really has. Um, Do you know what the really annoying thing is? And I fucking hate blowing his trumpet because yeah. it's really annoying. But he predicted this three weeks out as well. He, not only did he tell me he was going to win both divisions of a maiden at Windsor, which I've got to take my hat off, is an unbelievably good achievement to predict that like two weeks before. But he did. He had a, like a 10-day period where he felt that he would get sort of six or seven winners, annoyingly. And, he, and it, to be fair, he got absolutely spot on. It was it's a hell of a one of those things. It's just one of those things where it all kind of came, came, to, came together. You know, the, the, the novice and maiden horses had had a run and we kind of knew where they're at with them. And then the handicappers, I'd kind of worked the puzzle out a little bit from earlier in the season and some of them had fallen to attractive marks. And we won two head bobs. What has been nice is, is the quality of the performances. It's not just low-grade handicaps, which is Charlie or Jumpins that I specialise in. You know, we've been winning open novice races against some of the biggest operations. I mean, we've got to talk about Arla Jura briefly. Charlie and I had a 10-minute conversation about him yesterday and other things, and he just looks such an exciting prospect for us. And, you know... I'd love to train that horse. He's just... I, I remember him at the sales. He was <laughs> such a good-looking horse. You talked to me about him at the sale at the time, didn't you? Yeah, you, said, you kept oh, your cars very close to yours. I did. I rang, Char- I rang a few people that I knew would be in for him to see how kind of just to feel out the market. We knew he was going to be expensive, but when I spoke to a few people, they were like, yeah, I think he'll make sort of 40 to 80. I knew I had 100 for him for a couple of people. 
But it was only by coincidence that I was speaking to, to Sheikh Nasser and he said to me, oh, what are you up to today, George? And I said, oh, well, sir, I'm actually going to top the sale at Ascot. He said, oh, are you? I said, yeah. He said, which horse? And anyway, I sent him the horse and he said, oh, gosh, I wouldn't mind getting involved in that horse. I said, well, you know, I've got X amount of money and, you know, you're welcome to, to pick up the baton after that. So, so we, I spoke to Fauzi and he very kindly gave me the green light and we, we bought him. And then there was that ripple of, you've overpaid for him. What, he's you a know? new approach, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, new, he's a new approach horse who's a full brother to a group one winner and another brother's another group one winner. He's just immaculately bred. I mean, if you go to a yearling sale and try and buy a horse like that, say Godolphin, put him through a yearling sale. I mean, he's without question a half a million pound yearling. You know, and he might have been more because he's a great physical. So we can't buy that horse, you know. So it was just an opportunity to buy into him. And Charlie Appleby gave me the biggest steer. I rang him and he said, yeah, George, he said, look, um, he's probably just not quite going to be up there for us, but I think he'd be a lovely handicapper for you. He's got no vices. He's told Fousey the same thing. And yeah, we bought the horse. And I was horrified about a month after I bought him because he was looking terrible and he wasn't training well, but he's just turned himself inside out and Timeform gave him 108p this morning. Off his new market win. Uh, off his new market win, which, you know, it was, I mean, his two wins have just been astonishing, really. I mean, he's been pulled up on the line both times, which again, I'm, I've never spoken to Callum about that. And, you know, but I'm just delighted that he's done it. You know, he's saving the horse. We're going to run him at Goodwood on Thursday in a 0-90. You know, it'll be fascinating to see how he took the race great. Really mind gra soft, soft ground? I don't think he wants really soft ground, but it looks like Goodwood are just missing it at the moment. It's a possibility. We'll get on to Goodwood. There's a possibility. Yeah, we'll move George, on. George, can I answer? Yeah, we'll get on to Goodwood because I just want to finish off with Charlie. The, the month ended well for you. On on the day that your horse was winning at Newmarket, you had an across-the-card double as well, didn't you, on Saturday? Yeah. Fast two-year-old. Nice two-year-old. Two I did a clock a good time. Windsor? Very good time. Yeah. yeah. I watched that back this morning. He is a fast horse, that. Yeah. Because, like, he was travelling over five for fun. Like, he, he reminds me a lot of Watch My Tracer. He's got, like, that real lovely big action. Like Funny thing is, he's still, he's still a baby. Very, he's still very, very immature. He'll only get better next year, but I don't really know what to do with him next. Yeah, you were sat on your computer yesterday yeah. when I rang him, and I was... Yeah. What do you mean? So, so... It's just... I just I, do I plan. get a handicap mark now? Yeah. To, second and then first? Do I yeah. get a handicap mark? Yeah. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see what the handicapper does to him. Um, so may go nursery room. There's, a, there's, the a, nursery. there's a 35 grand nursery at Sandown over five, which he could go for, but he, it's a 0 to 85. I can't believe they're going to... Put him out I mean, if you're going to go down the nursery route for a bit more experience, you should just win another novice and then go to... There isn't one. There's a five and a half at Bath. No. There's a B at Pontefract. I didn't really want to run no, either. No, fair enough. Well, if there's no race, there's no race. But, so um, it was either Sandown for the nursery or York for the listed race. The Roses. I yeah. was second in that last year. Yeah, exactly. The thing is about the Roses is if you look at the Molcombe and the entries for the Molcombe, there are a lot of very experienced, very fast two-year-olds this year. It's just that big, big step up. So actually, yeah. you're probably right about the nursery. So will your horse stretch out or just... He'll speak? get six, definitely, next year, but I'd be sticking to five for the moment. He might be one for something like the Wallace here at yeah. the end of the year. And you, you mentioned... Um... Well, I mentioned the two Saturday ones. You also had a valuable winner at Yarmouth, didn't you, in that very oh, valuable race? Dude of a horse. Cumulonimbus. 100 grand Yarmouth grand. on the beach on a Thursday night. Yeah. Fair play to the racing oh. league. Yeah, with Frankie on top. Frankie on top. Yeah. Happy days. That, they were, that, that was a good result for the racing league. You weren't there, though. I was at the cricket. Yeah. You were there. It was good effort. I didn't know Frankie was riding, to be honest, until I saw him for two of yours. 
Like he's the captain. He's on such a wonderful farewell tour, isn't he? It's, yeah. And he, I just love the fact that he, he's loving it, but he, he's going out on the top, but he is done. I know he'll probably do a little bit more abroad uh, towards the end of the year, but like he, he's just very happy with his decision, very just relaxed, and he's riding beautifully. I really wanted to find something for him at Goodwood, but I just... I think in the long term, it's really important to use my guys who have been so loyal and yeah. great to me. And I don't want to start jocking people off, but if there was an opportunity, because he has just been such an amazing support. Yeah. To, I was so I was delighted that I had a chance to use him. Gave him a yeah. peach as he well. He gave him a lovely ride, typical front-running ride from Frankie, got a sectional spot on, mm -hmm. just he, held on. He just shows Frankie when he rides like that, that horses don't need to be... I don't want to use an aggressive word, but they don't need really forceful rides to get the most out He's of them. Great in front, isn't He's he? Great, great in, front. in front, and he always just wins, like just on the line. But they're just always winning, yeah. and they win, yeah. and they're like, and then after the line, because he's just easy on them, they just kind of collapse after the line. But they just—he never really gets not Seamless. that often. He gets beaten. He always comes out on the right yeah. side yeah. generally. Yeah. yeah, no, he's fantastic waiting in front. And, and racing league guys, obviously, you support it. Tell us why it's important that the Racing League continues and hopefully grows. I actually had a long chat with Jeremy Ray the day after the Racing League because George will be completely unsurprised to hear I have some quite strong opinions on the Racing League. I love it. I think it's a really good idea, but I feel like they have completely lost the team element of it. No one gives a stuff about the team. No, it's not a team event. It's not a team event. I'm only in it because the prize money is fantastic and it would be wrong by my owners not to have the option on the table. Personally, I think they need to go back to the original way they did it and get people to come forward to them with a team. Have it open to everyone. Yeah. You come forward with a team. If too many teams come forward, maybe think about doing a Northern League and a Southern League and then a final and a big final because it got criticised in the first year for it being exclusive. Can't be exclusive. Has to be open to everyone. Mm. But I think you should come forward with a team because then as trainers, you are invested in it and you want the team to work. So if you're a bit sort of dubious about whether you should be running a horse in a race, you will. Whereas at the moment, if I'm so 50-50, I, I probably wouldn't run because I don't really care. Whereas if you're 50-50 and you think, okay, may not win, but it'll go and run a bit a good race and we'll get us some points for the team, you'll run. So then your fields fill, which is what they need. They need the fields full because then you get three-place betting and it's a brilliant betting proposition because everyone is trying to win. Everyone is trying to get as many points as they possibly can. And I think at the moment they've just lost that slightly. No one really gives a stuff about the teams. No one, I mean, James Ferguson's in the Scottish team. Bowie's in the... Irish team like it just doesn't make sense no I agree with everything so yeah I think that's what they need to do I love it I think it really does have legs and I think the team aspect does have a way forward but I just think they've got to tweak it yeah I thought I, everything you say makes total sense I was there the other night it was a really good atmosphere lots of people and uh, lots of young children and uh, it was fantastically well run there's just a lot of scope for future investment it is fantastic prize money. I mean, unbelievable prize money for a hundred grand race that Charlie won. You know, anything that can sort of bolster that area is, is is important. But as important is bringing new people in, and it and it was fun. Some excellent points, chaps. There, very good. And um, before I look forward, what do we think of the King George on Saturday? Were we because there was so much hype? Race for the ages, race of the year. Was it quite what we wanted in the end, or were we slightly? Mm, would, I don't know. I mean, how do you how did you see it? At the end of the day, it was a fantastic horse race. Two, two very, very, very good horses came to the fore 
and had a ding-dong battle, which is great. It was a weird race, wasn't it? I mean, August Rodin didn't even turn up. Like, he was beaten miles out. The ground was a shame. You want to see the best horse races run on a fair surface. I'm calling it good, but, yeah, but it, it, it was it, it was hard work. I think it got a bit tacky. Hard work. You've got to be fair to the race. Beforehand, it was really was. You always want to see a superstar. Yeah. And he, Hookham, is not a superstar. And that's not being detrimental towards him at all. He, he's a very, very good horse. But, you know, I think all of us deep down, a King of Steel or of an Augustus uh, Rodin, blitzing them, yeah. blitzing yeah. them was probably would have added the sparkle to the race. Yeah. Exactly. We, we wanted to come away from that race thinking we'd seen an exceptional racehorse, as it is. You just alluded to it spot on. We saw a very, very good horse. We didn't see an exceptional star, a see the stars, an enable, did we? We saw a very, very good horse, a one two five horse, one, not a one two eight, one thirty. I, no, I, I right. will. What I will qualify that with is, I think there is the potential for there to be a very, very good horse in that race. Yeah. Well, third horse. I wouldn't be surprised if back at ten, especially next year, he turns out to be a. He's a monster. King of Steel is a monster for sure. He, he was cantering. He, he could be very, very, very good. I, I don't think he had a chance of getting home over the mile and a half. And actually, he probably got outstayed in the derby did. as well, didn't he? He did. Back at 10, he's by Wooden Bassett. Oof, he could be very good. Can we were saying that. Spot on. We're all in agreement once wow. again. This is unbelievable. Um, this is unprecedented. Yeah. Let's look forward That's because to- we're both in good form. If one of us is in bad form, <laughs> no, not training a winner, then it's just all, it's just everyone get on top of it. <laughs> Our podcast will come out sort of halfway through through Goodwood, which is kind of good timing because both you boys are really in action toward the latter or the second half of that week. I'm going to start with you, George, because Thursday is kind of looking like a big day for you, isn't it? Yeah, well, potentially. Um, well, I think we both want, I think we all want the rain to slightly stay away. They've had enough rain now. It does look like the weather's drying up a little bit and we're going to get some nice ground. I mean, no one minds good ground, but slow ground there is just brutal. It's just like a pit when it rains there. Yeah, Thursday's looking big. I've got, well, not big, but, you know, I've got Coco Jack, who is turning into a bit of a rogue. I had quite relatively a big decision to make on this Isle of Jura because he's favourite for the, for the 150 grand three-year-old handicap on Thursday, mile and a quarter. And then he's also in the 0-90 mile race. Would he definitely have got into the, yeah. into the big one? Off the bottom, done. yeah. Would he? Yeah. And uh, so, you know... But with I, no weight... Uh, he get in off 83 plus a penalty off eight. Yeah, it's a low weight. So, yeah. No, just I'm thinking jockey-wise. You would oh, but say. I've got, you know, I've got, I've got... Oh, I've got I've, jockeys coming out of my ears. They all want to run. No, but I was saying I've got Andrea, for example, on, oh, yeah. uh, on a Coco Jack, you know, so yeah. there's not going to be a problem with jockey. It would be, I think, unfair on the horse, the way I've, I'm progressing, to go up in trip and significantly up in grade. Now... He, he, might, uh, he might be capable of doing that. I'm going the mile with him on Thursday, 0-90, because I'm not in a position to be turning my nose up at, you know, six to four shots at Glorious Goodwood at this stage. You know, we are rebuilding everything, and it's been a great 18 months. I will snap your hand off for a 0-90. What's that? I mean, I'm Is not sure. Probably a 30-gram race or something. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure. I should know, but I don't. There's plenty. How far will he, this horse stay, do you think? Well... He, he's bred, obviously, to go a mile and a quarter and maybe even a mile and a half, but he's, he's not short of speed, is he? Could he be like a Cambridgeshire horse? Something yeah, like no, that? I mean, that's what everyone's calling. He's, you know, that's, yeah. That was the big chat afterwards. I had messages saying Cambridgeshire, but yeah. I'm not sure I'm going to worry about a Cambridgeshire with this horse. I, I think he wants to be, if he is a very good horse, we'll get him travelling and he might go back to Bahrain for the international or something like that. He has a million, a million dollar race. 
the end of the year in Bahrain. And then there's a good series for him in Bahrain, or he could ship across to Dubai. At the moment, he's just won a 0-70, giving um, everyone £12 on the bridle, ease down. So Thursday will be interesting. I'm excited. And then I've got Watch My Tracer in the, in the Richmond. I always loved Goodwood for him after he won his maiden. It's so competitive. I'm 14 to 1. I think I'm a very good 14 to 1 shot. He's improved a lot. On he's, the ground? No, he's just, he's just an obvious improver physically when you see him. He just see him. He's like, this is a different horse to what I took to Ascot. Like he's just, as a team, Flourish. they improve. And his work last week, he's not a good work because his work last week was exceptional. And then I'll have old Rocket Rodney in the last if he gets a run. So I could have four runners there on the Thursday. So, Charlie, you've got, I noticed at the end of the week, uh, when this podcast will be uh, available for, Gorak runs in the Stewards' Cup and Atrium is entered in the mile. Atrium is entered in the mile race. Uh, he won at Donny the other day over seven. Uh, he, there's also, there's the Racing League the following week and there's a hundred grand seven furlong handicap at Chepstow the following week. hundred grand and it'll, there'll be 14 runners maximum, probably even less than that. I'm very easy where he runs. The, the Racing League race will be considerably weaker. I'd say we'll probably wait for Chepstow and we won't run in the mile race. Gorak, I cannot wait to run him over six. I think he'll improve again for six. He ran a cracker in the Bunbury Cup where he travelled brilliant, just didn't quite get home over seven. Rain probably didn't help him. He goes on soft ground, but it just made it more of a stamina test. He did run uh, well. He, he did ran run a well. Grinder. I, I, and I, was, I, think, I was watching him. I think over, over a sharp six, he's electric out the gates. He'll be up there. I, I think he'll run a belter. Now, I don't care what the ground is for him. He'll go on anything. So I'm, I'm looking forward to him, really looking forward to him. Yeah. I know we've, we've kind of followed this horse through the podcast and he, he might look exposed to, to some people, but Pridwin runs on Saturday over a mile six. He comes off the back of two career bests and uh, I think Goodwood will, will suit him because they'll sprint and he's got a turn of foot and he'll be one of the favourites on Saturday and I think he'll run well. Okay, final section of the podcast. Before I get onto your naps for the weeks ahead, I just want to sort of mention the Off the Bridle podcast syndicate. Holy fire, quite the season so far. A win, a couple of seconds, although possibly not best run on Friday at Ascot. I was there and I thought, two furlongs out, I thought, we're in proper business. She was travelling as good as anything. And I thought she's going to cruise into it and go and run a big race. And she just, her run flattened out. She pulled up, uh, annoyingly, she's pulled up lame after it. Uh, we didn't see it until the next morning, but when we trotted her up the next morning, she's quite lame on her near hind. We actually don't know what it is at the moment. The vets are having a little bit of a look um, back in the yard when I came over here. So I'm hoping they've found something small. Sounds, sounds, sounds pelvis or tibia to me. Uh, no, it won't, be t it won't be pelvis. I think we were looking more hock or fetlock, actually. Oh, God. Tibia would be great. I don't think it was pelvis. Can I just say he? I was watching because I I'm an owner with him, and he got a good interview before about the podcast. Very little airtime for the podcast, and me and you, and <laughs> we it was a golden opportunity to really ramp up, try and get us up from five to ten listeners. <laughs> and uh, I was saying, come on, he's going to mention it. nothing. Did I not? No, God, really? nothing. It was a shambles. What did I talk about? Yourself. Did I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's shocking. As you say, missed opportunity. Um, but talking about your horses that you've napped, because we're about to move on to naps, I did 
sort of tried to play up a few Tawala winnings on. Oh, on, did that uh, run? That, yes, it did. Yeah. Disappointed. Uh, I lost a few quid that I'd previously won, so I, I'm, I'm ahead on the. How? What was the feedback on Ground, Tawala? Grounder got too quick, and I think he needs a little operation to move, remove two things in between his legs. Ideally, apparently he didn't behave impeccably. On Funny track, Newmarket. I tell you, for Newmarket trainers, you get some odd results from Newmarket horses because I, I and I think there's some logic behind this. They're just stood in their box. They come and have a lead around. They're in their own environment. And then suddenly, 10 minutes later, they're at this cauldron. Well, it's not a cauldron on Saturday, but I've known some horses really misbehave and Newmarket horses really misbehave. And it's quite an, it's quite an interesting kind of okay. concept. The Dream completely lost her rag for the July cut. Admittedly, she had a reason for it. Uh, other than it just being a new market, her, the horse box carrying her from my yard to the race course managed to break down. I can't believe you didn't have a spare one following it, huh? like Aiden does. You know when Aiden comes over, he flies his horses over, they, they get spare to the wagon. airport, spare horse box following the trucks. Yeah, no stone left unturned. No, yeah. I know. Um, I want to say one more. Oh yeah, Pridwin, he came to Newmarket, lost the plot one day. Um, so he goes and has a night in the hotel up at the at the golf club before he runs at Newmarket. He, he's run really well twice at Newmarket. I just want to sort of see where we're going with the podcast for people who are interested or otherwise. Are we hoping to go again at this upcoming sales? We're not that far away. Is that something we're planning to look oh, into, chaps? Yeah, I think I think so. I think we should. Yeah, definitely. We've had a good year. I think we didn't want to do it last year because uh, we'd had a couple of disasters. Um, well, and we still at the time had two unraced horses. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas I think, yeah, very much the plan will be to go That's back good. in this year and buy a couple of yearlings, definitely. Watch this space. Tips then. What are we uh, looking at likely winners for our listeners? Don't mention another T-Roll because it's just, it's going to jinx it. You've just got your T-Rolls running no, well. Running quite nice just kit. got your T-Rolls winning in August. I'm running some quite nice kit at the moment. The T-Rolls coming out are all right. I think they've got quite a nice bunch. I, it's not a bet because he probably almost certainly will not win on debut because mine don't win on debut. But the T-Roll that runs at Sandown on Wednesday is one to follow. I think he's pretty Name? Terab. A horse that will benefit Terab. from experience and he'll improve and improve. Absolutely. He's by Massar. Apparently he looks identical to his dad. Literally the spitting image of his dad. Did you start off at seven or? Seven. Massar has always been on my radar because I was sat with um, Charlie Appleby at Newbury one day. We were having a drink and he, he, he got his phone out and he started showing me a horse on his phone. Stood up. I said, this Godolphin trainer, he's trained like loads of good horses. He's like, I've got a special horse. You've got to see him. And he showed me a picture of Massar on his phone before he'd run. He called him. So I've always just had a bit of a thing about Massar. I just think, you know, Charlie showed me a picture of an unraced two-year-old. I mean, think of the kit he's had. Everyone's positive about him, aren't they, as a stallion? I think, I mean, I only have one. He makes a lot he's of sense. He's a lovely, lovely horse. Very good. Um, so he's one to put in your tracker. He's a tracker horse. Yeah. A winner. Do you know what? Please don't say Gorak. I'm, Each way. I am, <laughs> I am way ahead on my tipping this year because I think everyone I've tipped has won. So I'm going each way on Gorak. Oh <laughs> each way on Gorak so and the Stewart's Cup. We heard it here first. We he will run coming. a massive We race. saw him coming. George, what have you got for us? I've got a horse called Moulin Bouge who's taken a little bit of time to come to hand, but I've got his trip right and he ran a very good race at Yarmouth on ground he hated and I would back him on his next three starts. So he'll turn a profit for listeners over his next three starts? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's been a lot of fun. We hope you enjoyed it too. Keep in touch with us via social media. 
I will try and find those pictures of George taking those wonder catches and stick them on our Twitter account, at Bridal Podcast. And of course, the boys will have probably put them on their own Insta and Twitter idents already. So if you don't follow at Bridal Podcast, and if you don't follow Scott and Fellows on social media platforms, go ahead and do so. Always lively. I'm back next month ahead of York, or is it probably later this month by the time you listen to this? We will be back soon. Until then, thanks to all at Fitstairs for their support. And thanks to Joe of Cambridge TV for producing the podcast. See you soon. Until next time, cheerio. Cheerio.